Hello, fans, and welcome back to the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast. Alongside Eli Fishman, I'm Stephen Cusimano. And Eli, I think the last time we were sitting in these two chairs, Patriots had just quenched their first-half playoff berth, and it was a really fun first half of the season. The second half has been no different. This team has been so fun to watch. A lot of new faces, a lot of the same faces as well, continuing to contribute in some major ways, getting some big players in Everson Pereira and Austin Wells up from the high-A level. Uh, but it's just been really fun to watch. A lot of home runs during the month of July, uh, and it's just been something that the success has continued no matter who we've played and where it's been. For sure, the additions keep rolling in. The, the team keeps getting better and better, and we saw that with the road trip in Richmond and the start of the second half. Already a playoff berth clinched and um, to the start of this Binghamton series as well. They've looked really, really good, and the players that have been popping up that we've talked about all year, Jason Rosario, Jesus Bastidas, Mickey Gasper, all these kind of under-the-radar guys having big seasons, as well as the guys that have stepped up from the low, lower levels, Everson Pereira coming up, Austin Wells coming up, and right now the Patriots have five players in the MLB pipeline top 11 prospects so the additions that they've made and the team they've already had this whole season has just been so much fun to watch and they're just keeping it rolling and 10 top 30 prospects now for the Yankees it's a really fun team to watch all season long and Anthony Volpe has maintained his status here with the Patriots uh, surviving the trade deadline and um, continuing a, a really consistent season and Volpe has had a really great second half too I don't know what we haven't said about Anthony Volpe yeah. at this point. Just the show that he puts on every single night. And I know there's been a lot of talk about the expectations of him with the trade deadline and um, the talk about moving up. And there's just been so much outside noise. And the job that he does of not only blocking out that noise, but just living up to those expectations after a little bit of a, a tough start to the season. All five tools have just been on display every single night. He's just a special ball player. You know, we, we talk about how you, you come and watch a game here at TD bank ballpark and he has that it factor uh, uh out on the field we saw it in that doubleheader in richmond this past week home runs in both ends of the doubleheader as well as making sports center with a diving play at shortstop made a few highlight real worthy plays uh in that doubleheader and just the, just the complete package and it's been so great to see see him shine at his his home ballpark this year yeah, and it was an interesting time of the year for anthony and uh, he was asked before the series in binghamton just how much pressure maybe he puts on himself as the Yankees' number one prospect? He's asked a lot of questions like that all year, but specifically this time of year at the trade deadline, he was able to answer the question of kind of the pressure he does or doesn't put on himself at this time of the season. Yeah, I think in a lot of ways, pressure is a privilege. And I it's been my dream ever since I was little to play for the Yankees. And um, it's something that I don't really take lightly. I and mean, a lot of that, I think, comes with it. Playing for the New York Yankees, in my opinion, means a lot. And it, you carry a lot. And there's a lot of expectations, so all I feel like I can do is work as hard as I can, humanly possibly can, to be the player to help them win World Series. And as long as I lay my bed at night knowing that I did that, knowing I don't take any shortcuts, then I feel like if the opportunity arises that I won't look back and have any regrets. Pressure is a privilege, what Anthony Volpe had to say, and that's something that rings true and true. And for a guy that's 21 years old, being able to say that and just kind of put things in perspective, it's been really fun to watch, not just the way he's played this year, but the way that Anthony has handled himself on the field. For sure, the way he handles himself as a 21-year-old is just insane. You hear the, the maturity just in that comment alone. And something he's been vo very vocal about on top of that is the fact that the pressure that he puts on himself, the natural pressure that there is just as a baseball player, whether there's you know thousands and thousands of fans or millions of fans watching you or zero fans just the pressure you put on yourself and for Volpe that's what he said is greater than any outside pressure there is so he feels that that outside pressure is a privilege given the pressure that he does does put on himself so that's so much fun to hear and I know all season we've hit, we've heard Dan Fiorito talk about the maturity of Volpe and how impressed he's been with that aspect 
And obviously some struggles for Volpe at the beginning of the season, but everyone's been so vocal about Volpe and Fiorito and Jake Hurst, the hitting coach, about how he hasn't changed anything. He's just maintained that positive mindset. He's been confident going into every single game that he's made, made the right improvements throughout his career. He knows himself. He knows his swing. He's made no adjustments. He's just gone out there. He's balled out, and the improvements have come, and we've seen the balls go over the fence. We've seen the hits come, and, and they've come in bunches. And just the maturity for a 21-year-old to be able to say, I know myself, I know my swing, I know what I've been doing is good enough, and the success will come. That takes an insane sixth tool. That mindset tool uh, is maybe the most important. Yeah, We talked about how he has all five tools on the field, and that sixth tool, he, he sure does have as well. Absolutely. Just the confidence that he brings on and off the field, it's evident through watching him play. And after the home runs in both ends of that doubleheader in Richmond, he now leads the Patriots with 15 homers on the season. It's been really fun to watch. Speaking of that number 15, though, Austin Wells, at least at the time that we're recording this, a 15-game hit streak. That is more than twice as long as any in his career. Another one of the leaders of this team, one of the newer guys on the team, Yankees number four prospect, the top catching prospect, and he has lived up to the bill. Another guy that I mentioned before is looked at as a team leader in the clubhouse, in the advanced meetings, on and off the field. A guy that's really put it all together. Started out one for his first 18 at the AA level, and he's now at safely in 15 straight games. That is the longest hit streak by any Patriot this year, and Austin has been extremely fun to watch this season. I think every I think we said on the podcast a couple weeks ago is you look at him, his swing, his maturity, everything about him screams big leaguer, screams big league mm -hmm. bat, just the way the ball flies uh, off of his bat and again another guy with the maturity that leadership that you mentioned a guy that leads that clubhouse been so much fun to watch and another guy who's really picked it up lately and been a leader for this team yeah he's been rolling I mean well he's a special bat I mean when he's swinging at pitches over the heart of the play he's doing damage with them that's something that he's done throughout his career and I mean powered all fields you've seen the balls he's out to left center field has been really impressive so you know he's getting his pitches right now and he's capitalizing on them yeah, I think a lot of it goes into his work uh, before the day. I mean, he's working with uh, Jake Hurst, our hitting coach, and you can just see whether you know he's hitting off the machine or a live arm. He's making sure the pitches are over the heart of the plate when he does swing, and that's the kind of work that you know translates into the game. And that's what we're seeing right now, where you know he's laying off of some tough pitches, and then when he does get his pitch to hit, you know, he's so talented that he doesn't miss it. He's been really fun to watch at the plate, but also behind the plate. The strides he's made defensively has been something that's really impressive to watch since his time coming up to double A with the Patriots and making a lot of improvements. And that was something that both he and Dan Fiorito talked about ahead of the series versus Binghamton. I just feel like I've gotten more comfortable the more games that I catch. Um, my receiving's been pretty good this year. Um, I've just been on like an upward trajectory um, with that and throwing more guys out this year than last year already. So I'm um, just looking to make more progress in, in all those areas. So I think I'm. I'm happy with the progress and wanting to continue to get better at that every day. Our pitchers, pitchers love throwing at him. He's awesome to have back there. I just take, I feel like he takes on a great like leadership uh, throughout the team in our advanced meetings. He's just the stuff that he's seeing and the other other batters reading swings, and then also using our pitcher strengths and other hitters' weaknesses to kind of come up with like really good game plans. He's been great so far, and uh, you know we love having him back there. And he works so hard back there. Uh, you know he's uh, he's been awesome to roll out there. And we talk about the pressure that's put on Anthony Volpe. And for Austin Wells, the guy throughout his whole career, he's been questioned as a catcher, and he's really had to put in the work back there. And again, that maturity, that leadership, that being able to go and stay, stay after late and put in that work to improve as a catcher um, definitely doesn't go unnoticed. And everyone in the Yankees organization, from pitchers to pitching coaches to, to Dan Fiorito and Austin Wells, have just, you know, kudos to him for, for the work that he's put in behind the plate. From going from someone, obviously, who's been questioned for his defensive abilities, to someone who you say, this guy's going to be a catcher and he's going to excel at it in the future. 
It has been really exciting to watch, and especially at the plate. I just want to go back to the last time that we were here at TD Bank Ballpark. Wells hitting his first double-A home run. That started a streak of three straight games with a home run for Wells. And how exciting was that to see on that last Sunday game where he hit his first home run back-to-back -to -back with Everson Pereira after he hit his first double-A home run. And let's stop there for a second. Everson Pereira, the Yankees, another top-10 prospect, an outfielder. And Pereira, in his short time with the Patriots, also has been really exciting to watch. So young, just a little bit younger than Anthony Volpe at 21 years old. Um, the maturity, again, someone who's impressed. The bat speed, the abilities in center field as well. I mean, one of the best defenders that I think we've seen all year in, in anyone in the Eastern League as a 21-year-old um, is just so impressive. Ta um, that first home run, another guy that's had a little bit of a slower start but has then picked it up, and uh, another guy with a great head on his shoulders, and you see why he's a top prospect. The top of this lineup, you talk about Anthony Volpe, Everson Pereira, and Austin Wells, um, three top ten prospects. Elijah Dunham uh, closely behind. Just a loaded lineup, and another thing is the home runs on this team mm -hmm. is, is something we have to mention. They hit 10 home runs uh, coming back in that three-game set after the All-Star break against Reading and had over three home runs averaging for the first two weeks after the All-Star break. Um, in every single game, they averaged three home runs. And during the month of July, 42 home runs almost broke a franchise record, had 12 homers in the series versus Portland, and what did they do after that? Like you mentioned, the 10 home runs in three games versus Reading. That was awesome, and you've got several players who are setting career highs in home runs, including Max Burt, Jason Rosario, and also Blake Perkins. Perkins had his third two-homer game of the season. What he's done this year, he had a previous career high of eight homers in a season, which took him 120 games to do that back when he was with the Royals organization most recently a couple years ago. He's now got 10 home runs, and he's done it in just about 65 games. Uh, what he has done, along with those other guys I named, Burt and Rosario, and others who are really close to setting career highs, it's just been remarkable. And, and kudos to Jake Hurst for getting these guys to hit the ball out of the park and a team that's hitting home runs at a historic pace this season. For sure. And uh, I talked to Perkins a couple weeks back and a few, talked about a few things that have led to his success. One thing is just hitting the ball in the air and the success that this whole Yankees organization has had with that exit velocity philosophy and that if you hit the ball hard, you hit it in the air, it's going to go out of the ballpark and you're going to score runs. And it's that simple. And the behind-the-scenes work and the, the analytics that they look at, and obviously we know uh, Jake Hurst loves, the, loves those and definitely puts those on his team and leads to this success. Um, Perkins loves that about the Yankees, loves that about this team, loves the whole team camaraderie. Um, and one thing he said is that every week, every single day, he's felt great. He's felt the same. Mm -hmm. Through ups and downs, he's felt great. He's felt the same. And he knows, similar to Anthony Volpe, that the success is going to come. You know, you look at that second week of the season in Hartford, winning Eastern League Player of the Week, just everything he did, home runs from both sides of the plate, a few home runs from both sides of the plate during that series. That's, that's not an accident. That's not something that happens once and goes away. And we've seen trickles of it throughout the season. It's starting to build up what Blake Perkins can potentially be and what he was in Hartford and what he was in this last home series for the Patriots. It's not been a fluke. Yet. A former second-round pick by the Nationals, he's now on his third organization. And quite simply, I think the Yankees have unlocked Perkins. And talking with him and Jake time and time again, they've talked about the biggest change has just been the approach, getting him more aggressive at the plate, getting him confident at the plate and it's showing in a major way he's got an on-base percentage of right around 400 in the second half of the season not only that an on-base streak of over 15 games he has been on base in every game of the second half at this point it's been fun to watch another guy though that was on a trajectory to set a career high in home runs that the Patriots just got back off the injured list this week 
Andres Chaparro, he had eight home runs in 30 games to start the season, sat out a couple of months on the injured list, two months exactly for Chaparro, and he is now back off the injured list. His first hit brought home a run for the Patriots, and he has been another player really exciting to watch. And you just think about all the fun players at the top of this Patriots lineup, and Chaparro's right near the top of that list. I know we talked about uh, off the books a little bit that it was the day I got back from school and, and came here and started my internship. You wanted to he, see him so bad, right? I wanted to yeah. see him so bad that he landed on the IL. Then he was off the aisle for a couple weeks when you guys were on the road, yep. then got hurt off the field injury, uh, and then came back um, when you guys were on the road as well. So I haven't gotten to see him play yet at TD Bank Ballpark until yesterday when in the first inning, obviously in his first at-bat, a line drive, base hit up the middle to what score else, a run. Right? What else would he do except a home run? But we're going to yeah. expect a lot of those too. And he's just been someone who over the past couple years has been so much fun to watch, and I'm so excited to see how this season progresses for him. The power is insane. Um, I think it's perhaps some of the most I've seen. What's the highest exit velocity 117 again? miles per hour in the, in the Arizona Fall League. And I think some coaches have said that there might be a little bit more juice in there as well, which is a little bit scary to think about. That is scary. Um, it's, it's insane what he's done. Obviously, the home run numbers and just the fact that he's not necessarily a guy that's going to strike out a lot as well. He gets on base a lot. He gets a lot of singles, a lot of extra base hits, but he puts the ball in play a lot. Hit 270 last year. Had a big season where he broke a, a bunch of career highs, put up those insane numbers. A lot of fun to watch, and it's just been a tough season for him um, from that standpoint. Had a couple wrist injuries at the beginning of the year, missing some time, and then an unfortunate off-the-field injury mm -hmm. that led to missing a couple of months. But he's back. He's strong. He's ready to play. Also defensively, he's made some big strides at first base and third base. A very, very valuable player who I'm quite excited to see if you can't tell. Yeah, it's unreal how deep this lineup is. I mean, we've just gone on and on about all these players. Some of them don't even play every day because you just think about all the guys we've named. Volpe, Wells, Pereira, Perkins, Dunham, uh, Chaparro. I mean, it's, it, the list goes on and on. And even down towards the bottom of the lineup, you've got some guys that would be big-time prospects for some other teams and hitting maybe towards the top of the order. I want to talk about some of the more under-the-radar guys before we switch to the pitching, which we somehow haven't even gotten to yet. But Mickey Gasper, man, every single day this guy comes out playing upwards of 50 games now this year. Talking about all the time that Chaparro missed, Gasper has filled in every single day starting at first base and was behind the plate to begin the year. And Mickey has just made such an unbelievable season thus far, uh, on-base percentage of upwards of 400 as well. The OPS is over 900 still, and he's, again, played almost 50 games this season. Gasper is just one of those guys that's flown so under the radar, and no matter where he has started, when he has started, he has gotten the call from Fio, and he has excelled both at the plate and uh, in the field as well. I know we've talked about it all season, just the consistency and behind the scenes. You know, we see it in, in the cages every single day, how hard of a worker Mickey Gasper is. The time that he puts in offensively, defensively is just unmatched. It's, it's truly crazy how much work he puts in. Um, and something we've definitely talked about all season is your pass to the big leagues. What are you going to do to stand out? What are you going to do to get to that big league level? Mickey Gasper learned first base. Uh, a lot of catching in his career. He's really put the pedal to the metal in terms of that first base position and trying to be the best he possibly can at it. He's put in work every single day. And not only that, but catching bullpens while he puts that first base work in, spending hours and hours every day working on his defense and at the plate as well. I mean, the consistency from both sides, the ability to play two of the, if not the most important positions on the field, um, it's going to skyrocket him for sure. And he's someone who's when he gets his at-bats, I mean, he takes advantage of every single one, and he makes something happen every single time. He does everything right. And as our friend Max Burt would say, that bat plays at every level. <laughs> so Mickey Gasper's been fun to watch. Let's finally get to the pitching, though. And how can we not first bring up Sean Boyle? Boyle had the best month of July of any pitcher, you could argue, in all of baseball. He is on a streak right now 
of 10 straight quality starts. That is the longest streak by any starting pitcher in minor league baseball in three years. That's unreal to say. One pitcher of the week during the month of July pitches in front of his family here at TD Bank Ballpark, and that was kind of the narrative to begin the year. He had such a great earned run average and was pitching fantastic here at home. And then on the road, the splits were just drastic, but the, now the success has followed him on the road. He has put it all together. He had an ERA below one during the month of July, started five games, and he has pitched more innings than any pitcher in minor league baseball dating back to the start of his quality start streak. Uh, I think he's knocking on the door of a promotion, and I don't think that that's subjective to say. I mean, just look at what he's done. He's shoved every single appearance out there on the mound, and it's been brilliant to watch. One of the funnest pitchers, a guy that is so under the radar from the start of the season. He's got a couple of no-hitters under his belt, and it's just been remarkable to see what he's done this season. What he did at AAA last year, what he did going to all four levels of the Yankees system last year, continuing that success this year, proving, again, he's not an under-the-radar guy. He's no, fl no fluke. He's a guy, and he's going to continue to be you know, the guy here and, and throughout his career for a while from what we've seen and you talk about those home road splits and I talked to him a few weeks ago and he was almost frustrated that he, he was having so much success at home and not so much at the on the road and you know obviously as a pitcher you know what your what your how your stuff plays against other hitters it doesn't matter what ballpark it's in it should play against every single hitter so it was a little frustrating for him and during this these last couple weeks on the road he has turned it on four starts in the month of July uh, a 0 0.84 ERA with opponents hitting just over 100 off of him. I mean, the numbers are, are insane, and his command has been a big thing for him as well, and he's a guy that isn't necessarily going to blow you away with 95, 96, a mid-90s fastball, doesn't necessarily have any breaking pitch that is going to go insane, a, a great slider, don't get me wrong, but nothing that necessarily blows you away. For him, it's been pitchability, being able to, I think we, uh, I joked a lot calling him an artist. He's a guy that's going to paint the corners, hit his spots, do the little things right. He does that every single time, a lot of weak contact, and it's just been so much fun to watch. And I think, yes, he's definitely knocking on the door of, of uh, promotion to AAA, if not more. And it's funny, he had one of the more recent starts here at TD Bank Ballpark, the walk-off interview. You asked him, what is it about this ballpark, whether it's pitching in front of family? Like, why is it that you pitch so much better here? And he just shrugged. He had no answer to the question. And sure enough, the success has followed him everywhere he's gone. But it's not just been Sean Boyle. Another guy that won Pitcher of the Week uh, during the month of July, Will Warren. We've been talking about him ever since, actually before he was even promoted. Uh, Warren has done nothing but excel here at the AA level. His ERA is still under three. And in spite of pitching just over 10 games at the AA level now, a guy that just is, he looks unhittable almost every time he's out there. Not a huge strikeout guy, but he can certainly flash that uh, kind of potential certain times when he comes out. But no matter who he's pitching against, where, when, it's Will Warren is always a guy that's going to get swings and misses on the bat and extremely weak contact. And you mentioned only 10 games into his double-A career. How about 18 games into his entire professional baseball career? Unbelievable. Um, an eighth-round pick, a small school guy out of southeastern Louisiana, already here at the double-A level and absolutely excelling. And you, know, you really shrug away the trade rumors and stuff like that, but when people around social media are putting the name Will Warren in a, these such big trade rumors um, and mentioning him in these stories and stuff, I think it definitely says a lot about him as a pitcher. The heads that he's turned this season um, is crazy, and you just look, look at the fastball. Um, his fastball just just plays. The run and ride that it has, um, it moves like a, like a wiffle ball, um, and it's, it's hard for guys to hit. Pairing that with a slider um, and a changeup as well that he's, that he's working 
worked really hard on. The command is great. The maturity on the mound. A lot of ground balls. A lot of weak contact. It's just been so much fun to watch. And he's another guy has already skyrocketed through the system. And I think there's a little bit more left to go. For real. And I want to go back to Boyle for a second. But actually not Boyle. His dog, Finn. He has a little bit less competition now because one of the other really great dogs on the team, Bane, was traded away with his dad, Luis Medina. Talk about the trade deadline moves, and uh, this Yankees organization really flexed the muscle as far as the starting pitching depth goes. Ken Waldachuk traded away, Hayden Wisniewski, J.P. Sears, a couple of former Patriots, all going to the Oakland Athletics organization. And also in that trade, Luis Medina was traded away. But coming back in the Joey Gallo trade, a guy that's going to probably get right into this Patriots rotation and is now the Yankees' number 10 prospect, Clayton Beater, um, immediately inserted into this rotation, and he's going to try and put himself into that same conversation with guys like Will Warren and Sean Boyle and the others that have really excelled as one of the top pitching staffs, not just in the Eastern League, but in all of minor league baseball. Yeah, to go back to Luis Medina first, I know we've all talked about how um, it's definitely a tough time to trade deadline when you lose guys, and as members of a team, you know, the, the personality that Luis Medina has is definitely going to be missed on this team. An electric guy on the mound, an electric guy off the field as well. Um, but definitely a great opportunity going over for him where he's definitely going to have a great opportunity um, in Oakland. And you talk about the depth of this whole Yankees organization. TJ Sikama, Chandler Champlain going as well. Beck Way, they lost a total of seven pitchers. And it's crazy. More and more guys every single day are just popping up throughout this system and picking each other up, which which definitely says a lot about the organization, the depth it has, the player development in this whole um, organization. And I'm really excited to see Beater. Another reason is that Luis Medina threw 100 miles per hour. We're getting another guy that could flash triple digits now and then, too. A guy with another electric fastball, 97-99. And he struck out 88 in 51 innings. A guy that's had some, struggle, some struggles with command and is working on that. But the strikeouts are just absurd. And if the Yankees can, you know, put those on top, keep those strikeouts going, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. A big changeup, a big curveball as well. And, and I'm really excited. College World Series guy at Texas Tech, who we watched on ESPN a few years ago. Um, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. He's going to be a big boost to this rotation. And similarly to like we were talking about with Will Warren, such a high riser. Well, he as well uh, was an uh, early round draft pick back in 2020, competitive balance round pick of the Dodgers, and made it all the way up to Double A this season, and has spent all of this year there. So. Here he joins the Patriots, and we'll see what he's got in the tank. It's just been a really fun team to watch all the way around. Um, but specifically, I want to talk about this week's series versus the Binghamton Rumble Ponies because it's the Subway Series, man. I, the Subway Series, in my opinion, and this is subjective, is my favorite series, my favorite rivalry in all of sports. And we got a chance to talk with some, including Anthony Volpe, who grew up a Yankee fan, Dan Fiorito, who grew up a Yankee fan, as well as some of the Mets prospects, even Brett Beatty. They all talked about... Just the atmosphere of these Subway Series games here at TD Bank Ballpark. It's been really cool to watch. And curious, Eli, you also grew up a Yankee fan. Uh, what were some of your favorite Subway Series memories growing up? That's a tough one. Um, wow. I was, at, I, I was at one Subway Series game at Yankee Stadium. I think it was one of Gary Sanchez's first game in the big leagues. I don't remember exactly what happened, but I do just remember the atmosphere. Being in the bleachers at Yankee Stadium for a sold-out Saturday Night Subway Series was definitely a special atmosphere. And... You know, as all of us trying trying to climb our way through the minor leagues and get to the big leagues, those those, those are those moments and those atmospheres uh, you definitely remember. So definitely fun to have it at the minor league level and throughout this whole series as well in Somerset. We've seen a lot of blue. We've seen a lot of navy blue in the crowd, and uh, just a little bit of the rivalry and the excitement and the buzz in the crowd is is definitely a lot of fun and motivation for everyone in this ballpark. Yeah, it was one of those series on the calendar that you just circled as soon as the schedule came out, and it's been really exciting to watch. 
in person, the top prospects for both the Yankees and the Mets. So let's hear from those guys I just mentioned, Dan Fiorito, Anthony Volpe, and Brett Beatty on what it's been like to play in the Double A Subway Series this week. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's fun. It's uh, you know to go against uh, you know the crosstown rivals is great. Um, they have a ton of talent over there. I mean, early in the year seeing uh, Alvarez, just you know right now on the left side of the infield with Beatty and uh, Ronnie Mauricio, they just have a, you know have a ton of talent. It's guys that we saw all last year as well. A lot of these guys were in Hudson Valley, so to have these guys kind of going up against each other for a couple of years now, it's been cool. And uh, you know to see both to see both organizations, you know. Just, growing uh players developing has been great and uh you know we've, we've played some really good games back and forth uh even this year and last year so it's been uh, it's been fun yeah i think it's been pretty cool it's it's especially cool just because i think i've played against a lot of guys on this team for the last couple of years so um we kind of got to experience playing in like the appalachian league where there's like nobody there low a wasn't much people there and then last year in brooklyn and then here it's obviously been a really really cool atmosphere oh for sure i mean we're leading the NL East right now in the major leagues, so uh, just to see that veteran group up there and know, and know what kind of core unit they have up there and then to see the young talent we have in the minor leagues, it's it, you said it best, it's a great time to be a Met, and we're all looking forward to the next couple of years and the years to come too. So uh, we're just going to go out there and try to win ball games, no matter what club we're with. Really good stuff from those guys, and a huge thanks overall to Anthony Volpe, Brett Beatty, Austin Wells, Dan Fiorito, and everyone for joining us on this week's podcast. Eli, uh, it's been a really fun talking about all these guys on the team. Any final words before we sign off here? Just excited to have the season keep rolling. And one thing I'm really excited to see is how this roster shapes out. Obviously, a lot of moves coming after the trade deadline, but especially Andres Chaparro coming off the IL. Mm -hmm. And we've talked so much this season about the guys on this roster that have come up and when they've had their opportunities have succeeded. Oliver Dunn, Mickey Gasper, Max Burt, Chad Bell, the guys that when they're in the lineup, they, they make a name for themselves for sure, and there's a lot of competition. Well, I know we talk about this outfield a lot, how, how impressive this is. Brandon Lockridge, Elijah Dunham, Everson Pereira, Blake Perkins, Michael Beltre. A lot of guys with some crazy potential splitting time, and whenever they get in the lineup, they want to take advantages of take advantage of their opportunities. You talk about Andres Chaparro coming off the IL as well, and that definitely makes a fight for that third and first base spot with Mickey Gasper, Burt Bell, Oliver Dunn, hopefully coming off the IL soon a lot. So I'm really excited to see how the position competition turns out, how when guys are forced to be put in these situations where they might not be playing every single day, how the competition ends, how they're able to persevere, how they're able to get better, how they're able to prove themselves when they might not be in the lineup every day. So that's definitely a storyline I would say to follow throughout this last half of the season and some big names in this lineup a lot of fun to watch so far this season pretty excited a playoff berth already clinched so excited to see how this one turns out and the whole season overall yeah you just glance over the depth i mean the depth of this team is remarkable i mean for any minor league team at any level and it's displayed by the results of that they put on the board this season one of the top teams in all of the minors this year having a really successful season and really excited to see how it all plays out Thank you very much again for all those who joined us on this week's podcast. And for Eli Fishman, I'm Stephen Cusimano. Follow along on social media at SOM Patriots, at Somerset Patriots, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, everywhere in between your favorite podcast platforms. Thank you very much for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patriots and Pinstripes podcast, and we'll see you next week.